Hey listeners, thanks for dropping in. I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. Listeners, we are excited to bring this episode to you. It is not our usual type of episode. Not at all. I'm feeling a little bit lost because I don't have show notes in front of me. I know. Me too, actually. But today we thought that we would let you get to know us a little bit more. We've been doing this for a couple of years and we felt like it was time for a question and answer episode. We do get lots of questions from our listeners. And so we want to thank each one of you who did send in questions. Melissa and I are usually very prepared and we have our questions and we have read through them a little bit, but we're just going to fly by the seat of our pants today and hope that it all turns out for the best. (laughs) And that you will come back and listen to us in January when we bring you a new case. Just hang in there, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we kind of went through because some people had similar questions. So we thought we would group those ones together. So we just had to answer it once. Let's just read the questions from those lucky listeners that submitted a question we actually wanted to answer. Yes. (laughs) We have to keep some secrets. Yeah, it's not a tell all, but it's a tell some. Okay, so to begin, three different listeners asked basically about how we got started. It Works for Bobby said, how did the conversation about starting a true crime podcast go? Who brought up the idea? Karen said, I was wondering what made you ladies say, hey, let's get together and talk about dirtbags. Plus, let's do it at night sometimes so we can scare ourselves too. Oh, that is never fun. (laughs) And Trish asked, love to know how long you ladies have been friends and what made you start this podcast. Been listening from the start. Thanks, Trish, for listening that long. So, Melissa, do you want to take that? How did we get started? Sure, I'll take that one. Christy asked me. (laughs) It's all Christy's idea. I thought you were going to say fault. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's that too. (laughs) But it wasn't too far of a stretch because this was not the first time we have done a crazy endeavor together. Oh, no, not even close to the first time. Christy and I tend to be a little bit on the imaginative side, creative side, fun side. You could call it that. (laughs) To answer Trish, we have been friends for 15 years, and there have been a lot of shenanigans going on during that time. Yes. And I wouldn't have it any other way, to be honest. We have done some crazy things together. And so when Christy asked me if I wanted to do this with her, the answer is always yes. (laughs) At least that's what I've learned after spending some time with Christy. (laughs) And I appreciate that Melissa is my ride or die. If I have a crazy idea, she's like, sure, let's do it. (laughs) That's because I know that you'll reciprocate. (laughs) One of those things that we did in the past was we actually built escape rooms. And not to pat ourselves on the back, but they turned out pretty cool. We've done it even for fundraisers for our local community. And it's been a lot of fun. It's true. We've done lots of crazy stuff together. And so when Christy asked me if I wanted to do this, it was a for sure yes. I didn't expect it to go on this long. (laughs) And I don't think we realized what exactly we were getting ourselves into when we came up with the crazy idea. No, it has been two years of learning. Absolutely, it has. 
but it's been a couple of years of a lot of fun as well. We love bringing you guys cases. And I think it's so fantastic that we have listeners out there willing to listen. And we love you guys. And to answer Karen about why sometimes we decide to record at night, it's because we have crazy schedules outside of the podcast. And sometimes it's just trying to find a time that will work for both of us that we can actually record because we like to be on time with our episodes. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to fit it in with everything else that's going on. It's true. And we record at my house. And so that means that scaredy cat Melissa sometimes has to drive home in the dark by herself. And she lives further out in the country than I do. So her ride's a little spooky. It is spooky afterwards. I think we were just destined to get together and do this. That's why we met. It's true. (laughs) Among other things, she really is a dear friend. (laughs) So for our second question, we had two people that asked us similar questions. Madison asked, what got you into true crime? And Lindsay asked, I would also love to know how old both of you were when you started developing an interest in true crime. And where did that interest come from? Books? News? Well, for me, it was my mom who got me into true crime. She always was watching some kind of true crime documentary. And so it just seemed like a natural thing for my interest to be perked in that as well. And I think I've always had an interest in the judicial system and law. I can remember as a child playing lawyer with my cousin and filling out all the court documents on our couch and having a fake trial with criminals and trying to prove their innocence or their guilt and arguing back and forth. My husband can testify that I love to debate things. (laughs) And for me as a kid, I would have rather played crime scene investigator (laughs) in the gore of it. But I think for both of us, it's about solving the mystery. It is. And just understanding how this happened. In fact, you asked how old we were. I was actually pretty young. I remember, I think it had to have been grade five or seven when we were just learning how to write reports in school. I chose to write a report on Jack the Ripper. And now that I look back at it, I'm thinking, I don't even think I was a teenager yet. And I was writing a report on Jack the Ripper. And I remember it totally freaked me out. It horrified me, but it also fascinated me that this actually happened. And that was One of the first times that my eyes were open to what actually can happen in the world and how many dirtbags are among us. It's so true. I remember that fascination starting young for me as well and creeping into my schoolwork. I remember doing a physics report on the bloodstain analysis patterns in the JFK case. See, we were destined to do this together. We were. Little pigtailed kids in different provinces having no idea that we were one day going to be brought together. It's so true. And I love that you pointed out that it's the why of how this can happen. For sure. Christy, the next one's for you. You can answer this one. Okay. So our next question is from Lyndon. And he said, who is your number one fan? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question, Lyndon. And as much as I love all of our listeners, I have to say my mom because she got me into true crime. She is our number one fan. She is so awesome. (laughs) She really is. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) Sometimes she calls when we're recording. It's so cute. It is so amazing. Oh, are you guys recording again? Yep. Yep. That's what we're always doing. (laughs) It's true. Or researching or writing notes. Yep. And every Thursday, she calls me to talk about the case that she's just listened to. It's the first thing she does when she wakes up in the morning. We love it. But just because she's our number one doesn't mean we don't love all of our fans. We love all of you. Even you, Lyndon. (laughs) (laughs) 
I know you were being cheeky because in brackets, he said, asking for a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you guys are all really great. We have really enjoyed getting to know some of your personalities a little bit when you comment on our social medias. It really does mean a lot to us when you guys comment back on our post. It just gives us that extra oomph to keep going. It's true. And that we know that people are actually listening because we're just telling each other these stories. And so it blows our mind that people have been with us right from the beginning and do tune in every single week. And we totally appreciate it. We do. Okay, next question is from Larissa. And we have a couple from her that we are going to read because she gave us some really good questions to think about. She said, Out of all the cases that you have covered, which one do you most wish had a different outcome for the dirtbag? Meaning harsher penalty, more therapy, second chance, or such. Do you have one, Christy? Oh, absolutely I do. When I read this question, immediately the vile dirtbag Issei popped into my mind. Oh, yeah. His is the episode titled The Kobe Cannibal. And spoiler alert if you haven't listened to it. But because of politics and his daddy, he got off scot-free after viciously murdering and doing vile things to this woman's body. He just got to go off and live his life and even ended up making money. Yes, that is the part that kills me about it. He actually profited from his crimes. He did. He wrote a book and there was disturbing photos of her as he was dismembering her in his book. And then he even got to play in porn movies. And he was celebrated. Didn't he do cookbook reviews? He did. After obviously being a cannibal. Yeah, that is a disturbing case and he should have been punished. I remember saying that it felt like my brain needed to take a shower after researching that case. It just left me so riled and disgusted that a man like that could do those kinds of things and just live a happy life. And even on his deathbed saying he wished he got to eat another girl. Oh, yeah, that is disgusting. It is. How about you? Uh, I don't know. The first one that popped into my mind when you read that question was the Jane Hirschman case. The episode titled Push to the Limits. Yeah, that one. And for a completely different reason than the one you picked. I just found that one so heartbreaking that I don't think I would choose a different punishment for her or that she needed a longer sentence. I just found it so tragic that she took her own life in the end because she couldn't get past her own struggles of what she had had to deal with in her life and what she had done. It was so tragic for me that I wish that had ended differently, especially for her two boys. They needed a different ending so bad. I totally 100% agree. And I think even a lot of our listeners expressed at the time that it was one of the few cases where they did not feel like she was the dirtbag and that it was really hard to feel sorry for the victim in that one. It was. And I just, I wish so much That her family had found happiness. Me too. Yeah. I just wish there had been a different ending for her and her family. For sure. That is one that has stuck with both of us. Mm -hmm. And I think that leads right into our next question from Larissa is, which case has ticked you off the most? Can you narrow it down, Christy? That's a hard one for me because as most of you know, I get riled in a lot of the cases. I can't help it. (laughs) It's her red hair. I don't know how Melissa can stay so calm. And I'm like, I hate this guy. I want to flip this table. (laughs) And I really feel that way. I'm not even joking. Her face goes all red and everything. (laughs) I'm feeling riled right now. And I'm not even thinking necessarily of a specific case. Just about all these dirtbags collectively. Yeah. But can you narrow it down to one? If I had to pick one, maybe Lawrence Singleton. 
the Mad Chopper. Oh, yes. That case has always haunted me. And he should never have been released on the streets to go on and murder somebody else. And he should never have been allowed to be so close to Mary Vincent, the survivor in that case. It just really ticked me off because he literally mutilated this young girl. Her survival story has haunted me since the day I first heard it. And then he was released on good behavior after only serving eight years of his 14-year sentence and went on to murder again. But she was so brave when she testified against him during his next murder trial. She was. I just cannot even, my brain cannot fathom what that poor girl went through. And it feels like it was in vain almost because they just let him out on good behavior. That is maddening. It really is. For me, it was the Basil Barutsky case, but along the same lines. Yes. When I was watching his interviews and his interrogation, oh, even his voice just made my blood boil. And the same kind of idea. They knew he was violent. They knew what he was capable of. And yet they just kept letting him out and not taking his violence against women seriously. And it cost three women their lives. So true. And that seems to sometimes, unfortunately, be a reoccurring theme in a lot of the cases that we cover. And it gets me riled every single time. If you haven't heard that one, the episode is Judgment Day Rampage, and it will have you riled too when you listen to it. Yeah, his sense of woe is me and self-entitlement, oh, it was just a recipe for getting angry at. <laughs> yeah, we can feel our temperature rising just talking about these people. But good questions so far, you guys. Kendra had a question about which episode was your favorite to research. Do you have one? I do. What? How do you have one so quickly? <laughs> because I'm researching it right now. <laughs> oh, it's like, I'm still thinking. <laughs> no, I knew immediately. I can't tell you exactly which case it is, but it's going to air on January 25th is when it's going to come out. It's one that I'm researching right now. It's a popular one, but it's one that I had no idea really all of the details. The whole trial was televised on court TV. It lasted months long. And it's the first time I wish that I really could have just sat for an entire four months and just watched the entire trial. I'm still not sure how I feel about it. Oh, those are the cases that are interesting when you're trying to dig into more detail so you can make a decision about them. Right. And I'm still undecided. Even after all of this research and the time that I have spent, I go back and forth. Oh, and that's not usually me. No, that's so. totally not you. That's for me. Okay, I can't wait to hear that one because now, yeah, I want to know why you can't decide. Yeah. Stay tuned. It's coming out at the end of January. Interesting. I don't know. I'm still thinking. I think it's got to be one of the older cases for me. Uh, Probably the Dalgunas one. Oh, Hell's Black Widow. Yes, because I love digging deep into the historical records. I just find it so fascinating. And it's a chore. I was just going to say, I do not enjoy looking through old historic records. So I'm glad that you do. So we can still bring some of these really old cases because they're still really important to tell. Yeah, I just love the challenge of it. And I love following the broken telephone line of finding out which facts are actually accurate and which aren't and which ones can be substantiated. And the Belkanis case was so fascinating. To listen to psychologists analyze her hundreds of years after she committed her crimes is just incredible. And to give insight into why she committed them, so interesting. It really is remarkable. 
And the thing that I find so intriguing about those old time cases is I have no idea how they even solved a case way back then before they had computers and DNA and all these different ways of retrieving and analyzing evidence. It's so true. You don't even think about it until you start looking at those cases and be like, oh, yeah, I guess that wouldn't have been obvious to them because they didn't have that technology at all. No, even if they had heard that they hung out at a certain tavern, they don't have Google Maps to put that in and go find. It would have been so much harder to solve crimes back in the day. It's true. And it makes us quite lucky to have the technology that we do. Oh, for sure. But it makes me wonder why it doesn't lead to less crime. If we can solve it easier, shouldn't that deter the dirtbags? You would think that it would. But unfortunately, dirtbags were here at the beginning of time and they will be here at the end. That's a sad thought. Sorry. <laughs> but it's true. Now we have to move on to the next question because now you're depressing us, Christy. <laughs> okay, read us the next question. <laughs> but I guess as long as there's dirtbags, we'll continue to bring you dirtbag stories. Unfortunately. Yep. Actually, I was thinking one day that even if not one more person ever committed another murder, we would never run out of dirtbag stories with the amount that have already occurred. Such a sad truth. It's very sombering. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the cases that we love to research end up taking so long to research because you just can't get out of it. You just want to keep digging. That is so true. And that is the case with the one that I'm going to be bringing us. You just can't stop? No. But oh. I have to. I just can't spend any more time on it. <laughs> Which I think kind of brings us into our next question. That is true. Lindsay also asked, I would love to know more about the behind the scenes in getting a podcast episode published. How long does it take to research and get the script written? Do you record in a closet like I have heard some do? <laughs> well, we're not quite in a closet. <laughs> just a very tiny room. <laughs> it's a craft room. It is a craft room. But you know what? When we were researching, it said that the more items you have in the room, the more it absorbs the sound. So we are surrounded by paper and craft supplies. There is a reason why a lot of podcasters do choose closets to record in. And lucky for us, Christy just had a slightly bigger closet that she keeps all her crafts in. Yep, and my photo albums, things like that. <laughs> so I'm surrounded by all these beautiful memories of my family while we talk about true crime. It's perfect. <laughs> But one of the steep learning curves for us when we started this podcast was just how much time it takes to put an episode together. We had no idea. No. Gained a whole new appreciation for those that are already doing podcasts. Oh, for sure. Start to finish, I would say the average episode takes probably about 35 hours, would you say? I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to tell because for me, I'll start researching a case months and months ahead, and I'll do little bits of it at a time. But yeah, I bet you you're at around 35 hours. Give or take. Yeah. So the process that Melissa and I use is we first research a case. And like she said, sometimes that can be ongoing. We compile all of that information into one area. We keep track of our sources and all of the information that we've gathered. Then the next step is to make sense of all of that stuff that we have gathered. So we have to go through it methodically, and that's when we write our own show notes. That's the part Christy likes. I do enjoy the writing the show notes part more than I enjoy the editing. <laughs> <laughs> but once we have our show notes, we get together and we record our episode. And as you know, we don't tell each other the cases that we're covering so that our interaction and our reactions are authentic. One of us has our written show notes that we go off of as we tell the case. 
but the other one doesn't know what we're talking about. Exactly. And that's the fun part. As you can tell by our bloopers, we have a lot of fun actually recording. It is. But recording is the smallest part of our time. That's so true. The next part is the part that I dread the most, that Melissa likes doing. I much prefer editing. I'm so slow at editing, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Melissa's a little wizard, but for me, it's very time consuming. So after we record an episode, then we edit it. And we go through and we take out all the stuff that... (laughs) That we don't want anyone to hear that we talked about. (laughs) Mostly about our personal lives. Or any major mishaps with how we're pronouncing things. Things like that. Then we add all of our music and all of kind of the finishing touches. And we send it off to the other one to proof it. Yes. So once Melissa has her episode done, I would go through it, make any final changes, and then we upload it. It's quite the process. It really is. But totally worth it. The only downfall to this process is both Melissa and I are kind of perfectionists. So it takes us a long time to do our research, a long time to write notes, and then a long time to edit. Which brings us to the 35 hours. Right. And it's still not perfect. No. (laughs) (laughs) But we try our best. But it is a lot of fun. Totally worth it. And that's why we keep doing it. And we hope that we can do it for a long time to come. Do you want to move on to the next question? Let's do it. So our next question is also by Larissa. She says, how do you guys stay positive throughout your daily lives after doing so much research on such dirtbags? It must take such an emotional toll on you both. That is true. You're right, Larissa. It does. We laugh and joke a lot, but... Oh, sorry. I kind of burped in my throat. (laughs) Christy! So you can be all serious and then one of us burps in our throat and then we laugh because we're like children. (laughs) But sometimes it's attention release because we talk about is so emotional. I think both of our coping mechanisms is just to laugh. Oh, 100% it is. Or to seek out something funny. There have been times where we've gotten really emotional and have been crying about an episode. But usually we find a way very quickly to start laughing about it. Not about the case, but about something else. Yes. Just because it's an emotional release. It is. And not even just when we're telling the case. But I know for myself, sometimes I have come to tears just even as I'm writing my notes or as I'm researching. Oh, that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes after we're done recording, I find we're still talking about our cases afterwards because we're still so emotionally charged about them that it- we just have to get it out. We're still not done talking about it. It's so true. Because honestly... We do focus on the lives of the dirtbags, but our hearts go out to the victims and their families. And I don't know how you couldn't put yourself in their shoes as you're researching these cases. It's true. I feel like you have to be empathetic when you're doing something like this. But at the same time, you do have to protect yourself. And I know we've talked about it before, but I know for myself personally, my own consumption of true crime has decreased in comparison to before we started the podcast. I have to watch just more things that are just for entertainment, things that are lighthearted. And when I'm not doing work on the podcast, just focusing on the positive things in my life. Yeah, I would say I do similar things. There's a very conscious effort to put positive energy into my life, whether it's by the shows or the media that I'm consuming, or by making a conscious effort to be grateful for the things that I have in my life. Oh, 100%. I do find that I do have to compartmentalize when we have researched these cases. Like by time we're said and done, 
I don't mean that we have to forget the victims, but I do have to allow myself to forget some of the details. There's no way for me to be able to carry all of that in my brain all of the time. So we spend this roller coaster of emotions with this case. We're with it 24-7 for an extended period of time. And I find that when we're done, I have to let it go. I can't stay riled. No, that is very true. It has to be put in its little box. Mm -hmm. For sure. And I think what else helps is that we're doing it together. We have one another to talk it out, to cry on each other's shoulders, which eases that burden a little bit. Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine doing it alone. No, me either. Hats off to the podcasters that can. And that being said, let's end on a higher note. Michelle said, Hi, ladies. I'm dying to know what you both look like. (laughs) I have a vision in my head, but it's probably way off. Yep, it is. (laughs) Can you share a picture of yourselves with us, please? And Jennifer also said, Will we ever get to see your beautiful faces? First of all, thank you for having the hope that we have beautiful faces. Both Christy and I are pretty shy, (laughs) but good on you guys for recognizing none of our pictures show our faces. (laughs) We thought we could kind of slide under the radar and you would never notice. Our cases are our strong points. (laughs) (laughs) I think Melissa is beautiful. (laughs) And Christy is too. (sighs) We don't know. We haven't decided. (laughs) I guess we've been doing this for like two and a half years. Maybe it's time. Eventually, I'm sure. We will post a picture with our faces. And then you can tell us how way off you were. (laughs) Maybe it's like ripping off a Band-Aid. We just have to get it over with and let the disappointment happen all at once. (laughs) We will commit that sometime in 2024, we will post a picture. Really? We're going to commit to that? Yes. We have merch coming. That should be good enough. And our new logo to reveal. That's true. We have a spooky version of what Melissa and I look like coming out on our merchandise, and we are so excited. We are really getting close to launching that. We can't wait for it to come out. We have been working with a police officer that actually does evidence drawings. He was kind enough to work with us on our logo and has created some great designs for us. We are so thankful for Richard. I am obsessed with our logo, and I hope you guys will be too. We'll be letting you know really soon, as soon as that merch is ready. And that's where you can see our faces. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, stay tuned. To be determined. (laughs) But this has been a lot of fun. So keep on sending in your questions. And when we get enough, we'll try to do it again. Keep commenting on all of our social media so we can get to know you as well. We do appreciate that. But I think our time is up for today. We hope that all of you have been having a wonderful holiday season and have so much fun ringing in the new year. But stay safe out there. And join us next week when we're back to our regular cases. Until then. See ya. Bye. I don't know how to do it. We don't know what we're doing here, listeners. <laughs> we're making it up on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> Read my handwriting is crap. <laughs>
I'm waiting for my stomach to stop grumbling and then we can go. <laughs> yeah. It's past dinner time. We're recording a net again, guys. We are. It's been a long day. <laughs> I'm glad the train's here with us tonight. <laughs> it just wouldn't be the same. It's the third member of our podcast. <laughs> All of them. Christy gets ticked off so easily. <laughs> She's got red hair, people. <laughs> no, you can't know. say that. <laughs> you can't. Sorry. Let's just move on. <laughs> and I do find that I do have to compartmentalize. Compartmentalize? No. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. I do have to com- compart. I do have to compartmentalize. No, that's not. I'm not saying it right. Compartmentalize. Compart- compartmentalize. <laughs> sounds weird to me. Compartmentalize. Compartmentalize? Yeah. Com- it's not compartmentalize? No. Compartmentalize. Okay. And has designed some great, de- designed some great designs. <laughs> I don't know. You okay? Yep. I think it's fine. What do you mean? All right. We might listen to this and be like, you girls were on track. (laughs) Oh, I didn't put stop. (laughs) We're just two hot messes. (laughs) Hey, we're live, pal. And we'd love for you to come check out our podcast, Tales from the Estate. Each week, we talk about our top five favorite somethings. My beautiful wife, Caitlin, likes to share all sorts of random facts. Yeah. Did you know that cows have accents? We did now. But we also review all sorts of snacks and other great things. And so if you love everything random, I think you'd enjoy Tales from the Estate. So come check us out. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Bye. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.